Welcome everybody to Two Din Dialed Up episode seven. Seven, yes, because I hate sure. doing multi. Here's a here's a pro tip. If you're me, and this applies to a very small amount of people, you fucking hate when podcasts do A Bs of the same episode. So the feed says there are nine episodes, but technically there have been eight episodes, air quotes. So we're back after a, a thrilling two-parter with yeah. James, which was awesome. You should go listen to that if you haven't already. Yeah, go listen to that and also go listen to his podcast, What's the Frequency? He's on several. They're all amazing. And it's I amazing. can talk about them until I die. They're incredible. I actually started listening to the first episode. Oh, you did. I'm so happy. Gavin, what's our show about? <laughs> what's our show about our show is a podcast about podcasting in which us two people who write about podcasts and listen to a ton of podcasts talk about subjects that are relevant to the industry and stuff we're talking you know talking yeah. about in our private time anyway yeah that's true we normally start the show talking about something the the, the big thing that happened in the last two weeks that both will and i or separately will and i are excited about something cool that happened our shining moment of the last two weeks yeah. will what's the coolest thing that's happened to you since we had james on this is going to sound initially like i am taking credit for doing a cool thing but it's <laughs> actually not like that i promise um so kind of on a whim and kind of um, because uh, I have a Patreon and some of my supporters were asking about if I were ever going to have a Discord server. Yeah. Um, I am in several Discord servers. We'll say, <laughs> we'll say that. I'm in several. That's how Discord works, man. You just yeah. you sign up for one or two and then they're all there. Yeah, the first one I ever joined was the Join the Party Discord that is for um, patrons, which I think we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, and I was like, oh, the... Previously mentioned in episode one of Team <laughs> yes. Up. Yeah. And, you know, I was like, oh, this is cute. This is fun. Probably this will be the end of my Discord journey. Um, spoilers, no. <laughs> so, anyway, I wound up starting a Discord server. It's open to anybody. There are channels that are specific to my patrons, but what's... What's cool about it to me is not, oh, I made a thing, but it is um, the amount of love and care and support and kindness I have seen from our community in it. One of the channels in it is kind of like a podcasters helping each other section. And so far, I mean, even just today, there was a conversation like, hey, what format do you use for scripts and why? What programs do you use for it and why? And I'm over here like, hi, I'm an English major. I only write essays. I only know how to use Microsoft Word. And everybody is like, you should use this and this and this and this and this. And gave really detailed reasons why and like videos and screenshots. And it was amazing. There is another channel that is for like venting about podcast problems, which is the old name of my blog and some of my posts. and. I initially was a little bit worried about it, and I thought that it was going to come across as, like, you know, too negative, because I want it to be a really positive supporting place. Yeah. What it turned out to be was, like, like, hey, writer's block sucks, and creating things is hard, and people saying, creating things is really hard, but people are going to be so happy that you created a thing, and... Here's a whole conversation about why we support you and we all go through this and we all just want to make great art. But, you know, sometimes it's OK to just make art because you want to and not a perfect product. And it's just it's just been really beautiful. And I think it um, I think it is 
you know, accidentally a microcosm of really amazing, beautiful people supporting each other. And I am completely tangential to that. Um, and I've just been I've been very, very humbled by it. And um, if you if you would like to join, you can hit me up on Twitter. Um, Gavin, can we also put a link in the show notes? We can. We can make a permanent invite link that will stick around for a bit. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Yeah, so uh, that is now, hold on, Will. We're getting oh. word in from the server. Oh. I've gone into the general channel and asked oh. people to say things about you. Uh, no! <laughs> <laughs> Envy's Nest is Envy's Best says, she's great with three exclamation points. <laughs> Lee Davis Thalborn has joined in with, Will is the queen of podcast conversation. Oh, my God. <laughs> Kevin! <laughs> I just want to add in my call. My call to action was recording T do right now with Will. Quick, give me something to say fr- from her uh, about her from the server. She's describing the Discord right now, and I'm trying to quietly embarrass her. <laughs> you have now spammed crying emoji and heart emoji <laughs> over and over. Gavin, you rude bitch. <laughs> <laughs> See, this uh, just goes to show that they're all really sweet and lovely. <laughs> Yeah, uh, because Will uh, sucks at tooting her own horn, I will say that this Discord is great. This Discord is fantastic. Like, I've dropped in and out, and I I will say some of that is total bias coming from me feeling like a Q-rate celebrity, because occasionally I'll have a notification from someone saying, like, this one podcast is really cool, and it's mine. Like, (laughs) Well, I mean, that's also, like, it's so sweet because everybody actually listens to each other's podcasts. Yeah. like has great feedback and like they like talking about how much they love each other's shows. Like it's the least competitive media space I've ever seen. It's amazing. And there's so many, there's so many like thing. I assume so many people are in little cliques and circles that they don't get out of, but like, nah, James, uh, James is on right now. Uh, Lee, Dav- Lee Davis Thalborn's on right now. Uh, mm-hmm. Sean from Alba Salix is on right now. It's just all these amazing people are hanging out together, and it's really cool. Yeah, it's it's a really, really, really good time, and I love them all. And uh, I, that's enough emotions for me. <laughs> yeah, that's enough emotions for now. <laughs> all right, so my this is going to involve a little time traveling because it's technically not done yet. I will Ooh. finish writing it tomorrow morning, but we're Ooh. recording in the past, and this comes out in the future. Ooh. My shining moment is not necessarily that I have a monthly newsletter now. It's working on the monthly newsletter. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, it's weird to say this because it makes it sound like I just don't like writing for the website. I really like writing for my website. But there's something about structured writing that gets me. Like, I like having fun with it. Oh, uh, same. Right now, I'm, I, I've been working on it for about two or three hours today. And I've got, I'm like at 1,500 words. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's without several sections done yet but i uh i'm gonna have a recurring section where i talk about i basically am lifting from this week in podcasting but uh it's gonna be my favorite episodes or least favorite episodes of something that month like big big mover and shaker podcast yeah this first month i didn't really plan on doing that from the beginning of this month so i've been i've been wasting my time air quotes listening to backlogs of things so i'm going to talk about my three favorite just episodes to re-download and just making a list and then filling in paragraphs between those lists. Like, there's something that triggers the part of me that yeah. liked writing essays in college. Also, it gives me a chance to break out Word for the first time in forever. <laughs> I usually write in Google Docs, but when I do long form, there's something, like, ingrained in my head from most of a college degree that I dropped out of. <laughs> <laughs> 
So yeah, my my shining moment is I just I've been working on an essay and it's or on a, I've been working on the essay stuff for a newsletter and it's fun. I'm so excited to read it, Gavin. It's going to Count- be fantastic. Counterpoint: coming up with the quirky <laughs> graphics to make for each little section is fucking bullshit. Oh yeah, I just didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm gonna not do that. We'll, we'll yeah. you'll know now because it'll be out by then. But still, shit. Speaking of, uh, no, do go on. You probably have a better thing to say than I do. <laughs> nope. I was just gonna <laughs> say. Um, I realized recently I was writing a review for a podcast, and um, I try to keep all of my reviews about the same, like the same, not the same, the same length. Um, and. <laughs> I realized, like a total fucking nerd, my reviews are almost always structured like a five-paragraph essay, <laughs> and it was totally subconscious. And I was, I just looked at it and like realized it, and just thought, like, you goddamn nerd, you can't even shake it. It's in your blood now. So speaking of Roman Mars, uh. Always. <laughs> As always. Always. Roman, Roman Mars, for the five people who don't know, is this <laughs> silken-voiced god of podcasting who runs the wonderful design-based show 99% Visible over on Radiotopia. He which... also is one of the founders of Radiotopia. He's one yes. of the people who runs it, along with Julie Shapiro. Also, not important, but holy shit, does the Radiotopia bumper just... It's just great. It's so good. I could... I could go on for ages about why Radiotopia is probably my single favorite network. Yeah. For and like and never actually talk about the podcasts that are on it. Like we should we should do that so someday. <laughs> a love letter. Oh we, my god, Gavin, we could do a Valentine's Day episode that's a love letter to Radiotopia. Aw. <laughs> We're all <laughs> great. We'll be around in February. Nailed it. Perfect. So the reason I'm bringing up Radiotopia is Recode.net just put up a uh, – Eric Johnson from Recode.net recently published a article called Don't Put Podcast Behind a Paywall, says mm-hmm. 99% Visible Host Roman Mars. Mm-hmm. And it's it's basically them just being like, hey, we have a 29-minute interview with Roman Mars, and here's a bunch of pull quotes from it. Please listen to it. But Mars makes some very good points against – paywalling podcasts and will you and i both have some experience in different areas of Mm -hmm. paying for podcasts so i feel like this could be a good discussion topic for today i guess to start off with what are your basic thoughts on let's just for the idea of a podcast that exists paywalling itself because we'll probably get into the idea of making a premium podcast here in a bit but we haven't. We've got this existing show. It's got a lot of episodes, and we're just going to say, past a certain date, they're all behind a paywall. What do we think about that? Bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't like it. Um, I mean, like, so I, it just straight up, I'm pretty like anti capitalism in general. Yeah. But um, specifically for paywalling, um, I don't like it. I think that it is detrimental. Um, I don't think that it wins new audiences or new supporters i don't think it is a good idea that is my short story we got more yeah gavin what about what about your your short story on my short story on this is the entire basis of podcasting was it was a free platform from the beginning it's kind of like okay this is i i don't want to say this is a perfect metaphor or comparison for it but in the uh 70s when 
you know, Wozniak and uh, Bill Gates and everybody when it was a there was this huge hacker culture of people building computers and they weren't selling them. The it was like open code basically, where everyone was taking bits and sharing, and that's where we get the infamous stories of you know. Uh, Apple made the personal computer, but you know Bill Gates snuck in through the window, stole their shit, and then made it profitable. <laughs> right, right. And then we got the idea of a personal computer from Windows. Podcasting is so big, but also so vague. It's it would it yeah. would had to have been profitable from the beginning. It would have been like I feel like if there were paywalled podcasts when this started in like two thousand whatever the idea wouldn't be so icky now, but anyone can do it. Like you and I are sitting here doing it right now. I'm talking into a fucking Amazon prime box with some egg carton foam in it. Like, yeah, there's, it's a, there is a barrier to entry, but it's not super high in the grand scheme of things. Unlike producing a television show or a YouTube channel or something like that. It's, there's a little bit more of a barrier to entry there. Podcasting, anyone can do it. So yeah, when you start making a show that thousands of people download and thousands of people like and then go, uh, sorry, the episodes you really like from like four years ago, can't fucking listen to them anymore. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I think I think that there are wiser ways of monetization as well. I think we'll probably get into that later. But yeah, I've got a few uh, positives here. So we're not yes. we're not going to be crapping on it the whole time. Right. Right. Um. I, yeah, I think that the the anyone can do it. DIY nature is largely what makes the podcasting sphere so great. And I feel like I've talked about this before. Um, I feel like maybe I just talked about it in the interview with James. But yeah, but basically, like, not paywalling, having this DIY ability of it is what makes the space diverse. And to see that go away would be a tragedy. Um, and the more that paywalling becomes something uh standardized the more i hate it um yeah. can we can we touch real quick on the uh, let's talk about howl gavin we got to talk about howl we got to talk about howl stop me if i'm wrong howl is a experiment that i guess didn't fail cuz it got bought out but it was a app that was produced by Earwolf for all of their Earwolf podcast and things that fell underneath Wolf Pop, which I have no idea what the fuck that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically, if you paid $5 a month for this app through the Google Play Store and uh, I think iTunes, you got to listen to any episode of anything produced by Earwolf. Also, WTF by Mark Marin for some fucking reason and a ton of stand up. Uh, uh, albums it was basically like CISO but for podcasts in that they yeah. just they they called up all their corporate contacts and went uh, uh yeah I can throw in three Maria Bamfords two Hannibal Barres and a shit lo- <laughs> and a shitload of not funny comics who have one album can you take yeah I'll just <laughs> give them all like they weren't picking out the fine ones they were just like fuck put it all up I don't care what's interesting about Howell yes is that when it was first announced, just just about it was announced and the producers did not seem especially happy and the audience did not seem especially happy. So um, about a year and a few months ago, there was an apology that went up on the forums for Earwolf and it said, we're sorry, we realized this was a mistake, it's not going to happen again. And then... Curiously, 
a handful of months ago. Yep, 11 months um, ago. I'm looking at the Reddit post right now. Uh Uh-huh. They announced, hey, we're going to try something that we've never done before. We're going to paywall the old episodes on an app. Oh, wait, wrong wrong thing. I was thinking about it's two years ago then. Hmm? Uh, well, Maybe I'm getting my timeline mixed up. How came I out? How was two years ago? Stitcher Premium was a year ago. Oh my god, has it already been that long? Yeah, it's a, it was 11 months since the official announcement. Oh my god, time is fake! Right, okay. right? Anyway. Lord. So they Moral announced they is, have this cool new idea. Right, and it's it's like a year apart from when they said, like, oh, we fucked up, we're really sorry. And it seems like they did the same thing. The producers did not seem especially happy. The fans did not seem especially happy. Um... It's a confusing choice, and uh, and that's that's all. It's a confusing choice. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think when it comes to large networks trying to monetize, I think that it makes a lot of sense. Podcasting is hard to make money on if you're not going about it in the way of grants or you know in the way of of maybe merch or some such. Um, podcasting is hard to make profitable. Absolutely. But I think that uh, what it comes down to is that these large networks forget that their audience is not a TV audience. They're just different. The word Netflix for was used a lot in the boardrooms for this. Yeah. Like You cannot tell me otherwise. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the things that Rowan Mars talks about in that piece is he talks about how, like, we are not yet at the point in podcasting where we can say, you know, oh, you can listen to these premium shows, but they're going to be on something that's more like um, an HBO or a Showtime. Like, we're not at the point where we can justify putting The Sopranos on a different network. A different network. Right. We we did go through this. Netflix was the one-stop shop, basically, for a lot of things. mm -hmm. And then slowly people started smelling money. In fact, I've got the quote from Roman Mars right here. I don't want to spend my... I can't do a Roman Mars impression. I don't want to spend my time... I don't want to spend my... Go ahead, Kevin. You're listening to 99% (laughs) T-Doo. I don't want to spend my time figuring out the right thing I want to... The thing I want to watch is on what thing, Mars said. That drives me crazy. I don't want to spend even half a second deciding, where do I find the movie Fletch? I got really irritated by that sort of thing. Is it on Netflix? Is it on Hulu? Which... Uh, a pro tip to uh, or, uh, shout out to Recode here. They put a parenthetical PSA at the time of this writing. You can watch Fletch on Amazon if you have a Cinemax <laughs> subscription, which nails home his fucking point. Yeah, it's, exactly. it's not even that it's on Amazon. It is that it's on Amazon, which you're already paying for, and you're paying like nine ninety nine a month for Cinemax. Jesus. Yeah. So that's what Hal was doing. They were basically like, they announced we're going to paywall all your favorite shows, and then they announced some premium stuff. <laughs> Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, and like, let's be real. I have paid for a subscription for an add-on for a service I already use. For instance, I have paid for an add-on for Showtime to add to Amazon Prime Video. Yeah. I paid for that to watch American Gods specifically. I didn't watch a goddamn other thing on that. How and was the it, by second. The way? Oh, it was amazing. Oh, my God. Great, it was incredible. I'm, it was perfect. I, I'm going to do that soon. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a perfect adaptation. But so I watched that. And then the second the season was over, I canceled my subscription and I never watched anything else because, of course, I did. And I get that, like, 
one of the examples that I think is interesting is um, Wolverine Darkest Night is on Stitcher yeah. Premium. Um, I think that this is actually, of all of the paywalled things I've heard about, I think that Wolverine makes the most sense. It is something that has a really healthy fan base as it is. The fan base does intersect with audio drama a little bit. Marvel fans are usually, uh, you know, a, a younger spin. They're more of like, like Marvel does really, really well on Tumblr, as do audio dramas. But at the same time, I think half of it was we think that people will pay to listen to Wolverine, which I think is I, I think is pretty legit. Um, the other half was. Wolverine can help pull in listeners to the other Stitcher premium shows mm-hmm. and that I find absolutely unfeasible. I I no, do it's, not it's believe not. that for a minute. I I I've been singing the praises of LeVar Burton Reads for I, you saw me. It's been like what a week now. Yeah. I have been yelling from the rooftops about how much I love that show. Yeah. It does not make me want to spend a fucking penny on listening to the franchise or no. the complete woman. No offense to those series. I just don't care. Yeah, absolutely. I think there are people like us, and I'm sure people who are listening to this show, who yeah. are podcast people, you know, who like the industry, who like the medium, who are probably more likely to pay for things. I would argue that we are the people who are more likely to support individual shows via Patreon. Yep. And Gavin, if it's okay if I take a little bit of a tangent real quick, um, just because I have a tie to this. So a while back, a few months ago, I wrote an article for Bellow Collective, which I think we can also probably link in the show notes. Mm -hmm. Um, So I wrote an article about podcast monetization because it's been on my mind uh, pretty much constantly. And this was spurred on, actually, by the announcement of Wolverine being paywalled until the fall. Um, still no news on a date, by the way, I don't think. But <laughs> um, I spoke to four different people. Um, I spoke to Gabrielle Urbina of Wolf 359. I spoke to Sarah Ray Werner of Girl in Space and the Right Now podcast. And I spoke to Amanda McLaughlin and Eric Silver of Multitude uh, podcast, which is a collective. Um And essentially, I said, what is your preferred method of monetization and why? And from across the board, the consensus was pretty much Patreon. Patreon gets the the podcast substantially more direct support than ads do. It is interactive. It actually helps you build a community. I can see a lot of podcasting like, Oh, well, that's more work for me. But I I think that's a a feature, not a bug. Um, I think that that is something that you should look at as a positive of Patreon and not something that's just, oh, that's more work. I also had a really... And Gavin, I want to hear your thoughts on this. Mm -hmm. Sarah Rayo Werner and I had a discussion. And by the end of it, I felt like my mind was blown. Are you familiar with Humble Bundles? Yes, very much so. I mean, I, I used to... I, the, Humble Bundles have become more of a thing for not gamers, but yeah. I've, yeah. It started in like 2011, I think. Mm-hmm, it was this like mm-hmm. godsend to indie gaming, but they're getting more into audio stuff, I take it. I don't know yet, but I want them to. So essentially, for those who aren't familiar... They've actually done a few audiobook bundles. I, I do want to point that out. Yes, they have. Yes, yes. Thank you. So the idea is... You get a bundle of a thing. And let's go with the model of games because that's what I'm most familiar with and because it's what they're most known for. So you get a bundle of indie games. That bundle 
has kind of a set price. It, it, but it's, I believe it's pay what you want, actually. But that was the original say, selling point was you could yes. pay a penny and get all these games, but they've gotten wise and adapted to what you're yes. about to say. Yeah. So their adaptation is genius. What they have done is they've said, you can get all of these, pay whatever you want for sure. But here's the average price people are paying right now. If you hit or um, exceed the average, you get all this bonus shit and they add some good shit in there so as people are paying more um the average increases but it never seems to increase to a crazy amount and humble bundle originally you know like it it goes to support charities and other things it's a it's a great great company i want this for podcasts i do too right it would be so so fucking good so here's my idea and also Sarah Ray Warner's like, this is like 90% her, to be honest. Of I course. was just there like head in hands like, wow. So you get a bunch of podcasters who are making audio dramas and some of them already have works out. Um, but some of them are like new and they're starting something interesting. You bundle them by like genre or feel or network. So you have so you can say like, oh, look, Gabrielle Urbina is working on something. Everyone's going to want that because he's yeah. a genius. So people are going to pay some money to help support the intro costs of that audio drama. So then they also get introduced to these other feeds that they're basically you're buying a feed. Mm-hmm. And then after you've done that, then those audio drama uh, creators or I guess just podcast creators in general could say, hey, if you want bonus stuff, because we're going to keep going for a while, like this, this one off payment isn't going to sustain us. Hop on to our Patreon. We've got bonus shit. Mm-hmm. It would be so good. It would be very we good. Have this, <laughs> and you could group things together like that makes sense. It, it's not just like a random, like yeah, assemblage. Because I, I, one thing I've been doing here, uh, I have how FM's website pulled up. They list. They have fee- it's a list of like every. They're trying to get you to buy into Howl, which is now Stitcher mm-hmm. Premium. In the featured section, WTF with Mark Marin. That's it. So the idea, one of the selling points original, originally for Howl, and they still have it, is they have the rights to every single fucking episode of WTF with Mark Marin, which is a big thing because WTF with Mark Marin is one of those shows that when they were trying to become profitable, they did they they tried to take the old radio idea and they put almost everything behind a paywall for a website so you had to you you would have to go listen to their older episodes from a website like a fucking oh yeah like you were using dial-up internet or some shit no (laughs) one listens to things in browser except for the people who pay for pocket cast browser does that link to your app by the way it does okay i will vouch for the pocket cast beta forever it's amazing. I mean, if it, it talks to the to, app, I'm down to it that. It does. Cool. It does All talk right. to your app. It means that at work, because I always listen to podcasts at work, I can not drain my phone battery. And also, it'll reflect my play progress on my phone. It's fantastic. Oh, so it's like Whisper Sync like, on Amazon stuff. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's like the only time I'm going to listen in a browser. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going now. to your website to listen to your podcast. Right. So anyway, there's one show featured, and that's WTF. And then there's a bunch of Howl miniseries. And I'll touch on this in a minute, but it's a fucking, it's, there's so much random shit that has nothing to do with (laughs) each other. Uh, But you scroll down, there's some archives of stuff like live shows, and then you hit 
what is halfway through the page, a section called albums. And I mentioned that there's a bunch of stand-up on uh, Howl. There are mm-hmm. 390 stand-up albums that you get access to. And you, why is that even a fucking thing that you get? <laughs> like, seriously, the words Netflix for stand-up would sell a whole app on its uh, 390. I mean, I will say there's some basic bitch shit. Aziz Ansari buried alive. Fucking everyone's heard it. It's on Spotify. All of Bill Hicks's albums. Uh, 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 Brian Posehn's shit. D.L. Hughley. There's some... <laughs> There's hey, some Gavin. fodder in here, man. You know how you compared this to CISO? Yeah. Hey, Gavin. <laughs> you know how CISO cost money? Yeah. Hey, Gavin. You know how CISO went out of business and now it was bought out by a site that's just free and well, it's doing well because it's free? So did Howl. They just went to Stitcher. <laughs> womp, womp. <laughs> Seriously, though, like, I'm looking through here. I remember shows that I kind of like. The Art of Wrestling with Colt Cabana. When I was paying for it, there were uh, two episodes of it. Yeah. And there was no established, like, release schedule for anything. And guess who does not give a flying fuck about the comedy bang-bang backlog? Me. Same. Now when you look at what Howl is offering, and they, they even try to still brand it as, you're paying for Howl, even though you're paying for Stitcher Premium, they mix in all the Stitcher Premium shit as if, Howl came up with LeVar Burton writes like mm. even the thumbnail for how for LeVar Burton reads is just out of place on this page. This it's is really how bizarre. not to do podcasting with money. Like it just isn't because yeah. there was no, if you said Radiotopia as a network is paywalling and stuff, I wouldn't be cool with it, but I would also be like, yeah, that's worth paying for. Cause I'm going to get Radiotopia level <laughs> content. And I believe, I could be wrong, but I believe that Radiotopia does have a podcast feed where it does, I think, like, featured shows that are just for supporters. And I think that that's fine. I think that that's brilliant. Like, with with most podcast Patreons, you'll get bonus audio. Yep. Like, for Join the Party, you get bloopers. For What's the Frequency, you get James's, like, audio experiments and oh my god they're so good oh my god um they all, like, also radiotopia uses the uh uh fundraiser yearly drive uh mechanic. yeah how do you how do you feel about the annual drives gavin i grew up watching pbs as a kid and i only say Me this too. because like i i watched <laughs> i went through a lot of telethons and like Mm-hmm. I, I I will say that some of that was my childhood, and therefore it is kind of ingrained in me that telethons are good things because they support good things. Yeah, I don't. Which I think is kind of legit, to be honest. I it so got me to pay on, for uh, it got me to pay for Max Fun for three months. Same, but mostly I did that because I love enamel pins. Um, oh yeah, and yeah. I, I wanted those pins. And I just I wanted all the several. I wanted all the Adventure Zone and Bim Bam episodes that were like secret. Oh, they're very good, but. Um, one of the things that I really admired about this American life, um, I say admired just because I haven't listened to it in uh, quite some time, but I like that once a year, Ira Glass would come on and say, hey, I do this once a year, exactly once a year. Does he? Maybe I'm thinking of Jad and Radiolab. Maybe. because I, I don't I, I don't remember. I, I just remember all WMYC you know, stuff me, runs totally, ads. Yeah, so. no, it totally was Radiolab. Yeah, because... Yeah, because I, I, because I considered supporting it, and and I knew this American Life wouldn't need me that much. Um, 
Yeah, so I think it is Radiolab. And once a year, Jad Abumrad comes on and says, hey, we do this once a year. It's only once a year. You know the kind of energy that goes into making a Radiolab episode. Yep, yep. Um, it if only from all the people on uh, our podcasts on Reddit who bitch and moan, but Radiolab has too much energy. <laughs> um... To people who think that Radiolab is overproduced... It's cheesy. They're, they do that thing where I'm saying a sentence and then the person who was interviewed continues the sentence and it's too much. I I don't know if I've ever heard a more boring opinion than that in my <laughs> life. How dare they edit? <laughs> God, I just... I, I can't fathom a boringer person to be around. Lord... Excuse me, person rewatching Futurama. (laughs) Hey, shut up. I like Futurama. (laughs) No, I I love Futurama too. And there's, I know of a couple good Futurama podcasts, but let's be honest. Matt Groening fans do not make the best podcasts. You know, that's, well, I've heard great things about um, Everything's Coming Up Simpsons. That one sounds that's from my two women. Yeah, that's that's not some straight white dudes being like, (laughs) the Simpsons. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, but. We are off track. Something. Yes. Sorry. But I think I think that the idea of like, hey, we're going to ask this. We're going to ask you for money once a year. We're going to push for really, really, really hard. But it's once a year and then you never have to hear it again until this time again next year. I think that's a good tactic. And Mm -hmm. I think it's great. And I think that they offer great rewards. And I think it makes a lot of sense. I think I think that the pledge drive method and the Patreon method are my two current forms of monetization. Gavin. What would you say are your favorite forms of podcast monetization as as a consumer? As a consumer, I guess I got to say Patreon because I uh, I was in a soul crushing job. It was like I was scanning stuff and then mm. cropping it in Photoshop. And that was mm. the job. I was getting paid mm. $12 an hour to do it. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. But it was mind numbing. And I think I've mentioned before, I have a deep love of the uh, We Hate Movies podcast, which got me through another mind crushing job before that. Mm-hmm. Two ish years ago, they announced that they're going to launch a Patreon. And what they're going to do is they're going to run a monthly show where they watch an episode of Star Trek, the original series and an episode of Star Trek, the next generation. They're going to talk about each of the episodes in one file. They'll call it the Nexus. And it's just them doing, we hate movies, but episodic Star Trek. So like, it's Mm going to take them literal decades to get through (laughs) (laughs) any decent amount. But you, I started pledging at the $8 level over two years ago. And I think it's run continuously since then. Like I, there, yeah. there's not been a single time where I'm like, ah, things haven't been great on this Patreon feed for a while. Because I get, I get that Star Trek show. I get an episode of their uh, show where they review a cartoon, one episode from a cartoon a, a month. Shit like Bobby's World, uh, <laughs> and like that Archie's Mysteries when they try to make Archie Scooby Doo for five minutes. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they review stuff, obscure stuff like that, and uh, a commentary every every fiscal quarter. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I, I am satisfied with what I get from We Hate Movies from that, and yeah. I feel like I'm engaging in the production of the show a teeny bit. Like, I'm never like, oh, I'm, I'm a real We Hate Movies fan because I support this. I just, right. I like... It's just nice. I like having that content, and I feel like I've fairly paid for it. Not like when you you know, pay for something like how listen to everything you want, then cancel it the same month. And I think that there's also something to be said here um, where 
a, a lot of podcast fans and a lot of audio drama fans are fans who want more diverse spaces, who want more diverse voices. Yep. This is a really direct way to vote with your money. Um, if, if you think, wow, I love that the show is really diverse, pay them. Pay them money. They need it. Give them money. So they need it. Give them money so that they can keep making their art. And so that also they will get noticed. The, the better your Patreon is doing, the better it will keep doing. Yep. Vote with your money. Yep. If only because if someone pays for your thing on Patreon, they are going to go around saying, oh, did you hear about this podcast? Right. Because they are they are such a fan of your content, they are paying for it. Right. Well, yeah, I know. Um, Like, just recently, I think today, actually, our friend David Reinstrom um, became a Patreon supporter of Join the Party and joined their Discord because I was talking about how amazing <laughs> their Discord is and how much I love their community and also because he loves the show. Like, it, it's cyclical. And paying with your money is a good way to show... That you care about diversity in spaces. Yeah. Gavin, we've been talking for almost 50 minutes. Yep. I'm so sorry. <laughs> now we're cool. Should we move on to our recommendations for this week? We should. So why don't you start okay. us off, Will? Yes. Um, I am going to start out with one that I know you've listened to. Oh. But they did something really exciting this week, and I love it. So I would like to recommend um, Fate Crafters 2298. Yeah. So 2298 is a really interesting kind of strange kind of surreal sci-fi story that almost feels like magical realism at some points um it follows profile 24 um who is being sort of like societally apprehended and oppressed by a big brother like entity called the network everything has been reduced to the internet and social media essentially but it's it's not social at all it's very isolated one thing i I want to interject here real quick yeah because this is a huge part of what got me to listen to the show please do the network is something that humanity voted and made into law we we chose to do that like we chose this (laughs) since the beginning until the early 2100s the world had been a mess of conflicting morals and tribal warfare so what was there to look back on Even if you assume you could have ended regional and global conflicts for everyone, which, let's face it, is ridiculous, to what end does freedom really offer? Yeah, um, the network is just really interesting. Like, the whole thing is really, really well written. What I think is really exciting about it this week is 2298 has concluded. It is finished. Um, Each episode is about nine, eight, nine minutes long. Yep. Um, But... This week, they uploaded the entire thing in one fell swoop, and it's just about two hours. So this means that instead of having to load up your podcatcher with a playlist of their intro and their outro, which I'll admit do run a little bit long. I'm a fan of them, but I I get it. Like, it can be hard if you're, say, for instance, that you're on a road trip and you don't want to hear the 2298, 2298. There are eight repetitions of that. Right. And you don't want to listen to that every single time between 10 minute spans if you're on a road trip. Now you can download the entire thing, listen to it in just over two hours like a movie, and you don't have to worry about that. And it's a beautiful work start to finish. It goes really interesting places. There is There are some fun twists that I was not suspecting. 
Um, it's really, really well produced. If you're a fan of sci-fi, um, it's a really great listen, and you can listen to it all at once now. Hey, kids, Gavin here. If you want some behind-the-scenes details on 2298, <laughs> there might be an interview that I did with the creator of 2298 going up on Fate Crafter's blog this week. Ooh. We talked about a lot of stuff. Just, you know, you know how, like, <laughs> the episodes are all eight minutes exactly, except for the yeah. not full episodes that are two minutes? There's a reason. So, we, it, it just, yeah. Also, I, you're talking to oh, someone who has a draft called The Quiet Brilliance of 2298's Ending. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I like the show. It's really good. It's really good. Also, I don't want to be, like, that person, but I kind of got to be that person. My name was used as a character in the last episode. <laughs> so, you know, maybe I'm a little biased. Maybe but... a little bit. <laughs> I'm, I'm Mostly seriously... I'm actually just, like, really bashful and, like, like flattered by that. <laughs> I, I, I act like I'm pretentious, but I'm just a nerd. I feel like we need a, we need a like, side upload series where we occasionally just get just you and me going, talking spoilers about something. <laughs> that would be fun. That would be, fun. be really fun. And now three people can be like, do it! do it my first recommendation he says trying to pull up the spelling of it so you can say it right (laughs) i want to recommend a ghost story podcast that is not a ghost story in the traditional sense but it also is and i i know this sounds like i'm being complicated it's because i am uh i would love to recommend to you palimpsest which i think you've heard deep deep love I have. It is Please a, tell the listeners about it. This is an aggressively well-written podcast. I want to say that off yes. the bat. It, the uh, Palimpsest is about a. It is about like memory and reality and I, identity is a big like theme in it. Um, mm-hmm. It's about Annalise. Uh, the The first season. There's a second season announced, and I think the way they're talking about it, season two might be a different story. Uh, season, it is going to be a different story. Yes. Cool. Uh, Annalise is like 20s she's about my age i remember thinking that a few times so she's like 26 27 and she's still kind of mourning the death of her sister claire even though that happened Mm -hmm. when she was like eight yeah and we find out more about the death of claire as we go through on but one one thing you latch onto real quick is what we're hearing our audio recordings that her therapist has asked her to do because mm-hmm. the therapist is trying to get to the root of why she thinks she could see Claire's ghost for about five, six years after Claire was dead. Uh, and mm-hmm. she's, she swears that Claire was there the whole time. And she's absolutely convinced. And we start, we start fucking with the idea that this house, uh, this apartment in a big old house that she's moved into is haunted. And I just want to say, like, it's not a terrifying podcast, except there no. are... There are a couple of times when it starts flirting with being scary, and it does so just one thing that I remember paranormal activity. Oh, yeah. The first yeah. one. Yes. So there's this scene. There's this. <laughs> As if I could forget. <laughs> there's this scene about halfway through the first movie, and I want to say that the first time I ever saw Paranormal Activity, it was with the Mystery Science Theater alums who do riff tracks. <laughs> it was with them talking over it, so I didn't even get the thing that's the scariest thing in that movie to me. The scariest thing in that movie to me is the first night where you don't see shit. But in the mm-hmm. audio mix, there are groaning floorboards from something walking towards the bed. 
Mm-hmm. And approaching footsteps get me real bad. And there's a bit in like episode nine, I think, where something mm-hmm. walks at uh, Annalise and it fucked with me. Also, kid laughing sound effect comes up a few times and it's like diet. That's the other thing. The sound effects in this show are diegetic all the time. Yes. There are no yep. there are no extraneous sound effects or people right. in this. So when you hear it, it's there. <laughs> what was that? Uh, oh man, sorry. I thought I saw somebody disappear on the corner of the house. I guess it just freaked me out. Jeez, Annalise, jumpy much? It was out of the corner of my eye, and like I said, it's all wavy and shaky out there. <laughs> oh, okay. It sounds like somebody's kid. I can hear them laughing from the backyard. Maybe Buddhist yoga people have a kid? I don't know, I thought everybody living in the house was single, but now that I think about it, I don't know why I thought that. Well, as long as nobody's running around overhead or messing with my stuff, we're cool. Yeah, last week when we were talking, or I guess last two weeks, whatever, when we were talking <laughs> to um, to James Oliva and I was talking about like, yeah, I, I studied horror pretty extensively and specifically I started, I studied like, we call it the gothic. The writer, Jameson Reidenauer, literally has a PhD in it. And that's not me being like, oh, yeah, he has a PhD yeah. in it. Literally. He literally has a PhD in it. He's really smart and really cool. And he does this shit well. It's really well done. Yeah. Except for one episode where Annalise has friends over. I love that episode. No, no, it's a good. No, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I was saying I was <laughs> I, I started that sentence weirdly. It is it is just Annalise talking except for. Oh, yes. the party. <laughs> Sorry. So, and, Sorry, and since it's her mad. recording with her phone, the party is intentionally they fuck with the quality a little bit to make it sound like there's different people, different parts of the room. Yeah, it's really it's yeah, it's, it's well really done. But if you're listening in like a car or something, like that's gonna that's gonna be a little road bump. But bear with, True. stick with it is what I'm saying. Will, what's your next recommendation? My next recommendation is a podcast that I really love. It's called Unplaced. Have you listened to Unplaced, Gavin? Hello, everybody. Gavin in the future with. ASMR voice. That's some good stuff. Now, I want to say that I had not listened to Unplaced when we recorded this episode. I have since listened to all of it and loved it, so just wanted to add that in there. Now I'm going to run my finger along a comb. Oh yeah, that's the good stuff. Now I'm going to go record myself with a really expensive mic running a knife against the grain of my beard and then put the audio of that up on iTunes for $3 and people are going to buy it and they're not even going to masturbate to it. They're just going to listen to it, which confuses me to no end. I'm going to go now. It is Michelle's podcast, yes? It is. It's by Michelle Nicolaisen, who I love. Sorry, um, Michelle, I haven't started it yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Gavin. It's okay. I love it enough for both of us. Um, <laughs> so, Michelle Nicolaisen is an incredible writer and... Awesome person. Also person. They're just really, really, really great. Um, I met Nich- I met Michelle at uh, PodCon, and they're just... They're so cool. They're so cool. They <laughs> um, unplaced is about a woman who wakes up one day to find that she is like invisible and nobody can hear her and nobody can interact with her and she doesn't know why. 
the point being, I made it back home okay, and I still don't know what's going on. I don't even know where to start. I'm, I'm still here. I can still touch and smell and move things. It's just that nobody else can see that, and I don't know why. What do you doodle for this? Why am I invisible? <laughs> okay, you got me. I did try that. It's all metaphorical essays about social anxiety and bad poetry and fedora-wearing dudes about not getting laid. No, dude, I mean, I'm, I'm actually invisible, not just to the girl I wish would notice me. To everyone. And it gets more sci-fi from there and stranger from there. Hey, remember when you started the Bright Sessions and you got to that patient who can time travel and, and is invisible when she goes back in time? Yeah! And that's the most terrifying fucking thing. Here's a whole podcast. Yes. Here's a whole podcast. And also, like, Sam in the Bright Sessions is very, like, she's got anxiety for sure. Yeah. And she does, like, some fiery things later on. Uh, the protag of Unplaced is, like, I'm mad and anxious. Time to fight. Um, and I love her. And I think it's super relatable. And what's great is that Michelle wrote it about the feeling of like really frustrating, confusing, isolated erasure for being mentally ill and what it feels like to be so on an island and like you can't connect with anybody. Um, that totally comes through in the podcast. But it's also, on top of that, a really fantastic narrative with some great writing, some good design. Um, I really love it. And they are currently, they're doing an Indiegogo for their second season. There are some great rewards. I would love if we could link to that in the show notes because it's a wonderful show and I can't wait for the next season. Thank you. Gavin, what is your second recommendation? My second recommendation is a podcast that I only found out about because Philip Thorne tweeted about them, just and I happened to be on Twitter when they did it. So shout out to the Amelia podcast for catching me on that one. Munch in Minnesota is what I want to talk about. And Will, have you have you heard much of it? I have heard about it, but not actually as much as like I've heard the name in passing. Yeah. Do tell. I haven't listened to it in full yet, so I guess that just means I run much less of a risk of spoiling anything. Uh, <laughs> Munch in Minnesota is, uh, how do I say it's not saying it's like Buffy. Fuck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can say it's like, Buffy. it's an, it's an ensemble podcast that has three main characters, basically that all either have just moved to or live in this city in Minnesota called Munchin, And it's really old and experienced. It was a mill town. And since the mills don't, exist anymore it's going through a huge a big problem of urban decay uh mm. there are tons of abandoned homes that are rotting and there's like drug and crime problems one of the characters is this uh hotshot guy from dc who's just transferred in to work for the local government he thought it was a program to help reinvigorate areas of the city to stop foreclosures from happening turns out the Basically, the devil woman that he works for is having him tear down as many houses as possible. And another uh, oh. one of the main another main character. Oh, she's fucking annoying, by the way. Like she's written. A, I want to <laughs> say no dig against the actor playing this character. Like that's for the character like on purpose. It's, uh, it's like Joffrey from Game of Thrones. Bad. Uh, uh. Oh. <laughs> you young people in your computers. What happened to using our own brains? I don't use one myself. Popcorn. Huh? Hmm. Uh, 
n- no, thanks. Uh, look, Mrs. Yule, if, if you could just give me the number of the IT department, I'd be happy to call them myself. See, I just don't see how I'm going to be well, able to. Well, suit yourself. I eat breakfast at 4.45 a.m. sharp, so I'd like to have a snack right around now. Help yourself from the cupboard anytime you're feeling peckish. Uh. And then we have Steve, who's uh, basically the the core main character uh, to use amnesty as an idea. He is Duck. Duck Newton. Duck Newton. He's kind of the <laughs> chosen one in a way, and we'll we find out about that a little bit more later on. But he's the town crazy guy. He's running around talking about how all these houses we're knocking down have what are called munchin fireplaces, and they're very specific fireplaces with these ornate grates over them that were constructed around the time of Munchin's heyday. And mm-hmm. something is happening, and I'm not saying this would be cute, I don't know yet, but Anytime a house with a munchin fireplace is torn down, they are close. They are a step closer to what the opening narration calls a supernatural infestation. There's lots of. This sounds fucking terrifying. Is this a horror podcast? It it flirts with being scary in the way that Buffy okay. would flirt with being scary. Because there's this okay. running thing of the tauntines, tauntins. I have. I've forgotten how to. I'm going to be deadly serious. I've forgotten how to spell munchin, Minnesota. And I've been trying to Google the site real quick to get some <laughs> spellings and pronunciations right, and I am fucking lost here. There, there are basically these creepier versions of lawn gnomes around town. Okay, they are gargoyles. They are gargoyles on. Um, they are gargoyles on these old structures you can see, and they are. Okay. Uh, and the crazy, the evil lady who runs the local uh, housing department has pictures of them everywhere. They're like lawn gnomes, but they have fangs, and they look a little evil. Uh, a lot of references to Norse mythology are made in this show. Have I gotten you interested yet? Because the lawn, so much, the lawn gnome thing ties into Norse mythology, and I think they eat kids. <laughs> Oh, and the third main character is a teenage girl with an addiction to taxidermy. So, that's a thing. What the fuck? Yeah, I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) It's a fantastic show, and I'm doing a really bad job of selling it. But if you want something that is adventure-based, and it's it's got a little spoopiness in it without being just a horrifying podcast, Munch in Minnesota will get you there. Sounds great. And this is the part where you pretend like you have a third recommendation for me. No, I actually, I don't. Okay. But I was going to say, um, I do have another piece of podcast news. Please do. <laughs> you can't even make the sentence. So, um, you know how today, um, as of like when we're recording, today was the release of the penultimate episode of The Bright Session. Yes. Um, A lot of people were crying. Yes. Um, and then uh, it looks like they also recorded the... The last episode today. So after The Bright Sessions ends, um, there's going to be a trilogy of books. There's also going to be spinoff series. Um, and one of them was just announced today. Did you see the news? What was the news? So the news was um, set in the same universe. <laughs> I really thought that this time I was going to do a good job. I mean, you're still work. You're still you're still clicking along. <laughs> I'm going to keep going. I believe in myself. <laughs> so it's set in the same universe, but it's about a professor, well, a teacher, really, um, at a community college. You know, they're they're teaching classes that run a little bit later for kind of like an older demographic, you know, as you do at a community college. 
Um, but instead of just teaching coursework, the professor is specifically teaching um, atypicals how to how to better use their abilities and how to like you know hone them and train them. The teacher's name is um, is Professor Knight, and it's called the Knight Lessons. <laughs> oh, that's magical! <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but also, like, I would so pay you for this be- mashup of like. The bright sessions and community. Like, <laughs> I would fucking listen to that shit. I, uh, I actually came since since the bright sessions is coming to the to a close. Why don't we make this a special double bright sessions pun session? Hey, will do it. Yeah, you remember the hit animate uh, hit animate? You remember the hit sitcom The Office? I've never heard of it. <laughs> Yes, Gavin. So it I, turns I do out for, there's a big anniversary for the first season coming up, and to celebrate that, oh. they are re, they are re-releasing, uh, they or they are remastering a lot of the older first episodes. And to do that, you have to go through basically the original film reels for it because it was shot. It wasn't shot digitally; is that old? So they actually have a lot of deleted scenes, and what they've decided to do is to treat it as if the documentarians who make The Office have just cut together all the interviews with each character. So it's like all the asides for one character. Uh, and they're just going to do them one at a time. They're going to start with, you know, everyone's favorite oh character. My God, for the I first know one. where you're going so with this because you... I almost went in the same place. So, keep going. So if you pre-order now, if you pre-order the co- the complete Blu-ray of The Office, you get the <laughs> Dwight Sessions. God damn it! And that's when Lauren Shippen just quit podcasting. <laughs> this has been something that we've both done to each other. This has been something we've both done to each other. <laughs> and our, our beautiful listeners. <laughs> Kevin, <laughs> where can people find you on the internet? People can find me on the internet at The Pod Report on Twitter and my a website is thepodreport.wordpress.com. By the time this comes out, I will have either announced or just launched a new show that is not fiction. Uh, and if, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can hear me bitching about trying to write an audio drama that is fiction. <laughs> and I just started a newsletter, which you can see shit about that on said website. Yeah. Also, I've been telling people for weeks, there's a thread, there's a, uh, not a thread, there's a tab on my website that tells you all of my podcasts and stuff. That has never been a thing on my website, but I'm going to update it because <laughs> I probably should. <laughs> <laughs> so that's gonna be a thing will where can people find you well they can find me at willwilliams.reviews which is my website where i do have a tab about my podcasts and appearances that i keep updated <laughs> i want to point out i had a pun that was not bright sessions i even threw away a bright sessions pun because i felt that would be too like you, you might do it, or it's too close to the end of the show to hit a nerve for some people. And I haven't listened to all the bright sessions, so I didn't earn it. The Dwight <laughs> sessions one was so good, I've forgotten what I walked in here with. People, by the way, people can also find me at at will w underscore rights on Twitter, um, and on Discover Pods, and also on Bellow Collective sometimes, and on the Discord, which we will link in the show notes. Woo. Woo. Which it's an awesome Discord. Like not just because it you just, it's not an awesome Discord because I log on and people are like Kevin makes good things. Like <laughs> it's an awesome Discord because every single channel has a post a day at least. Like there's it is an active ass community. Yeah, yeah, it's very sweet. Come join us and talk to us. Also, we will be uh, uh, we will probably be talking shit about podcast next episode because 
2298 announced they're doing a Disney-ish kind of podcast? Yeah. With Lisette from um, Kalila Stormfire's Economical Magical Services. Because um, fucking why this not? Was like, yeah, I, did they like jump into my dreams <laughs> and just say, oh, sure, we can do that. Like, I'm going to die. But <laughs> we should talk about that next time. And next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye.